Welcome to the Missio Day podcast. Missio Day is a family of Jesus, joining God as he makes all things new in Chicago. Check us out online at missiodaychicago.com. Good morning, Missio Day. We are just days away from Christmas. And this year, so you know, we will have next Sunday's Christmas service available a couple of days early online in case you're one who enjoys a Christmas Eve service or a Christmas Day service instead of Sunday morning. But it should be a lot of fun, and I hope that you do enjoy that. But for this morning, we're not quite at Christmas yet. We are still in our Advent series, wrapping up four weeks of um, dwelling in the themes of Advent, themes of hope, peace, joy, and today, love. The scripture reading that Natalie just read for us uh, is from the lectionary, and that's what we've been doing through this series, is going through lectionary readings. And today, the conversation that she read was happening as God was speaking through the prophet Nathan to King David. And when Nathan's speaking on God's behalf, he shares promises that God is making to King David for the future. In the fullness of this passage, there are 10 I will statements made by God. And this comes to be known as the Davidic covenant, the promise, the covenant promise that was made to King David. God says, I will make your name famous. I will provide a homeland for my people. I will give you rest from all of your enemies. I will raise up one of your descendants. I will secure his royal throne forever. But before stating 10 promises to King David, God reminds David what God has already done for him in the past. In verses eight and nine, God says, I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. So the promises for the future that uh, God is giving is rooted in the character of God. He's rooting it in the fact that God has been faithful in the past. Remember my past faithfulness as I share my future promise that will come to pass. And this wouldn't just have been for David personally. David knew that this was a long-standing covenant promise that would come to pass generations after he was gone. And David would have been familiar with covenants like this because throughout history, God had made covenant promises with his people and they all came to pass. Uh, the covenant promise with Noah, David would have known about that, that no flood like this would happen again and the rainbow was a sign of that covenant. Uh, the covenant made with Abraham, I will make a nation out of your offspring. When Abraham and Sarah were already so old and didn't see a hope for that future, God made that come to pass. And then the promise with the nation of Israel, I will be your God and you will be my people as God shared that covenant promise through Moses uh, in giving the 10 commandments as the people were wandering in the desert. So all of these covenant promises, David would have known. So imagine the feeling of knowing and hearing these words, what I promise in the future is as sure thing as I have been faithful in the past. And that really feels a, a strong connection for me as we are uh, Advent people. Advent meaning arrival, and we exist between the first arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem and the future arrival of Jesus in our future. So Fleming Rutledge wrote this book recently um, on Advent, and she wrote this. 
our yearly frenzy of holiday time in which the commercial Christmas music insists that it's the most wonderful time of the year and Starbucks invites us to feel the merry, but the disappointment, brokenness, suffering, and pain that characterize life in this present world is held in dynamic tension with the promise of future glory that is yet to come. In that Advent tension, the church lives its life. The world will force feed this message this time of year, this week especially. It's time to feel joy, quick at peace, be hopeful of hope, be merry, merry, sparkle, sparkle. If you don't have it now, go find it, buy it, get it quick. It creates a weird stress in me almost. Like if I'm, like I'm failing, if my holiday isn't all merry and bright. But that's the world that, that's the message that the world is giving. But at the same time, we look around us and the world is hurting. There's injustice and anti-shalom and pain all over the place. These messages don't work together. We as the church live faithfully in between advents. We're called to live in the reality of the tension that exists in a way that speaks to God's better story. Story better than anything that the world would tell you is the, is the plot line. And that story, God's story, is a story of love. Every promise from God, every covenant fulfilled was God, is God, making a path for unholy people to be restored back into loving relationship with our holy God. That's what all of these promises are all about. The first advent of Jesus was God's love on display and a way of making a new covenant, a new way to take hold of the promises of God. This is a familiar verse. I know it was the first one I ever memorized. I remember in my Presbyterian church growing up, I got a gumball every time I could say it. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is the core message of love. When I was getting ready for this sermon, I kept hearing my husband Andy's voice in my head. He teases me. My love language is words of affirmation. I'm a verbal encourager. Uh, his language is not that. And so i very quick to share um, and I love you with people. And he teases me. He says, love, 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 whenever he hears me do it. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this sermon, I'm not even gonna count the number of times I use this word. There's just so much to say, love, love, love. It's all over and it can almost go, just go by as, as white noise. But this is a really big deal. The core message through all of scripture is that God loves us. First John 4, 8. God is love. By very definition, God is love. Jesus sums up all of the law by saying, love God and love others. Paul teaches about love by saying, listen, when all of the spiritual gifts have passed away in the fullness of the future, when Jesus returns, all the other things will be gone, but faith, hope, and love will stay. And the greatest of these is love. Colossians 3, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's a binding agent. We know God's love because of the Holy Spirit given to us that fills our heart with that very love. Romans 5, 5. I could go on and on. Love, 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 right? It's everywhere. But here's the thing that gets tricky, and you may have already heard this before. In English, we have one word for love. 
in Greek, where the New Testament was written in Greek, they had four words for love, depending on the kind of love it is. I can look at you and in full honesty, 100% truth telling say, I love avocados. I love them, they're delicious. I love Andy, my husband. That's ridiculous that I could use the same word to describe those two feelings and both be completely accurate. So let's talk about the Greek word that's being discussed here, it's agape. Agape love is unconditional love as perfectly demonstrated in the love of God perfected in Jesus. So agape love is not about romance. It's not about feeling empathy or affection. That's not about feeling really at all. It's an unconditional love that is given for no deserved reason. And it's active. Paul explains some of the descriptors of what this kind of love looks like. It looks like patience, kindness, not keeping a record of wrongdoing. That one's hard. But that's what love, this kind of love is about. So much of our identity as Christians is described in this love language. So how is it that so many people, when they think of Christians, think of harsh, judgy people ranting about politics? That is wrong. That's not the core marker. It shouldn't be the core marker. And it's up to us to make sure that this core message of love comes through. I've been reading uh, Disunity in Christ, a book by Christina Cleveland, really good book. Uh, when we're trying to grow as a community, as a racially reconciling community, uh, it's a really good book to read. I recommend it. But she was talking about this example where she was fostering a friendship with a coworker. They just sat together and had lunch every day throughout the summer. And a couple months into this, uh, it came up that she was a Christian. And he was like, no, it can't be. Like his image of her was didn't match with what he had heard or what he had known about what Christians were like. And I tend to believe that that gave a new framework for what Christ following is really all about. That instead of somebody uh, just having a platform or an agenda or anything like that, like she just loved a new friend well. She just loved the true character of Christ on display through really regular interactions with individuals being loving. And that comes from an overflow. Have you ever heard the saying, hurt people hurt people? Meaning that somebody who's been hurt often acts out in hurtful ways towards others. Well, I believe loved people love people. We have to receive the gift before we're able to have it pour out from us. And maybe that's where you are today. You just need to receive the free gift of love of God. Open your hands and take it as the free gift that it is. You don't need to earn it. You can't earn it. It's already there for you, being spoken over you. The most true thing about you is that you are loved by God. I pray this morning you can live into that love. 1 John 4:19. we love each other because he, God, first loved us. That's how we can love others, is out of an overflow, not of our own reservoir. Throughout this series, we've been talking about how the light breaks in, in this Advent waiting, the in-breaking of light that started with the first Advent, the birth of Jesus, Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. The apostle John in his gospel speaks of Jesus as the word. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never 
extinguish it. The light has broken in, but the fullness of light is yet to come. I think about when we go uh, to visit family and um, I'm spending the night at a family's house in, in a room that may not be very familiar to me. And you wake up in complete darkness. Has this ever happened to you? And you're not really familiar with your surroundings. And maybe from the doorway, underneath the doorway, you see a little, a little glimmer of light to come from the hallway if you need to, to, um, to get up and leave bed for a moment, right? Well, when you open up that door to the hallway, what happens? The light breaks in. It overcomes the darkness in the room. The darkness can't seep out into the hallway. It can't. The light overcomes the darkness and floods in, but it's still night. And you know that that light is there, but there is more to come. Day will come. Sun will shine in full glory. It will flood into the windows. It will overwhelm the room. You won't be able to find darkness if you try. If you want to have a nap in the dark, you can't find it. There is such fullness of day yet to come. And that is our future advent. When John speaks of the vision that he received of the next coming of Jesus, he says that um, in this new Jerusalem, when a new heaven and a new earth come together, uh, there will no longer be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Fullness of light breaking in, overcoming the darkness where there is broken shalom, broken justice, broken hearts or broken bodies. All of that will be healed through the love of Jesus and through the presence of God with us. And yes, we wait for that expectantly, but we do not wait passively. Our faith in the promises of God is marked by love in action, in the tension where we are now, in the waiting, in the broken, in that tense reality. Christian love does not close its eyes to the yucky stuff. It does not ignore it at all. It lovingly acts right in the messy midst of it. The way of love looks like serving somebody when it's not convenient for you. The way of love looks like patience, offering grace to somebody in need. It looks like kind gestures even when they have not been earned, especially when that kindness hasn't been earned. The way of love looks like telling the truth even at great cost to yourself, giving voice to the voiceless, tending to others' needs, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. The way of love looks like reflecting Jesus in the midst of yucky stuff. And so the way of love looks like that glimmer of light that peeks in, that leads to the light being able to break through. That is the way of love and the tension now. And it is the path to all hope, joy, and peace. From God, who is perfect love, love perfected in Jesus and given for us. I was talking with a friend recently, Christy Wallstrom, and we were saying how waiting in Advent tension feels uh, especially palpable this year. Being in this pandemic, news of hope to come through a vaccine, we know expectantly there will be a different future and it will be better than this, but we don't know when, 
we don't know exactly what it's gonna look like or how, how, how hard it will be to get from here to there. I feel Advent tension more this year than I think I ever have in the past. And so I leave you with this thought as a reminder to speak this truth over you and ask you to receive it deep in your hearts. First Corinthians 13, seven, love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance. Monsieur Day, God's love endures through every circumstance. I know I need to hear that today. His promises remain. They will not be changed. They have come to fruition once in the arrival of Jesus, right into the messiness. Jesus, Son of God, came into a messy manger, into our broken humanness to redeem it and to make it whole again. And Jesus is still here with us now through the Holy Spirit with us as the church, his church. His promises remain. That has not changed. That love will endure and will make it through all circumstances. There is fullness of light yet to come and a lot of love to be shared in the waiting. I know this one is not from the Bible. It's actually from the Broadway production of Les Miserables, but in the very end, they sing, to love another person is to see the face of God. It's not biblical truth, but I think there's something profound because as we operate in the overflow of love that we already have from God, we already have that. If we operate in that overflow, then maybe, just maybe, loving another person is the way that they get to experience the face of God in their waiting, in their tension, in their troubled spot. So Missio Dei, let us be a people committed to operate from the overflow and to share God's love in any way we can. I pray that this week you will have a wonderful uh, pocket of grace and hope and joy through the celebration of Christmas. We will look forward to being together again in our Christmas service. But as you wait in this, do not lose sight of the love that is the core of not only this season, but this entire Christ-following journey. We love you. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you um, for the free, undeserved gift of your love. We thank you for your demonstration of that love um, by your first advent, through your life, your teaching, your leadership over this church, your continued faithful presence with us. We want to respond to that love and give it as a free gift unto others. Help us to even see pockets of how to do that, um, especially in winter months and long darkness in our days. Help us to see how we can be a part of the story of love and light breaking in. We give this time to you as we continue in worship this morning. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. We love to keep the conversation going. Find a weekly gathering or gospel community in a neighborhood near you. To find out more, check us out online at missiodechicago.com.